0: So, for a few minutes this evening, I want to talk about the intercessor. And I'm talking about you and me. Now, of course, I know that we have uh, a great intercessor in heaven. Come on, shout his name. What's his name? His name's Jesus. And he is an intercessor. He's been interceding for some 2,000 years, standing for us. You You realize if Jesus was not in heaven that we could not pray we can't approach God without an intercessor without a mediator and there's one mediator between God and man and it's the man Christ Jesus do you know there's a man in heaven the God man's in heaven he has a glorified body his name is Jesus and he's there eternally to represent us read Hebrews it's a marvelous it's it's to me it's mind-boggling it's really overwhelming to me think what Jesus has done. And so as we begin this year, we're going to start with Jesus. We're going to, in the middle, we're going to be about Jesus. At the end, it's going to be about Jesus. It's going to be about Jesus. We're going to stay close to the gospel. We're going to talk much about the gospel because that's our message. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We want to get doctrine right. Doctrine is a wonderful thing. That's teaching, the teaching of the, the scriptures. And so I want to talk this evening for a few minutes, and I, I, you know, I could probably preach about five times a week. I really mean that, that all the stuff that God gives me, I stay in the scripture, I read good books, I, I'm enjoying the the starting of the book on marriage. I'm going to keep that for a little while. I'm going to go slow through it, brother, brother, brother. Oh, that's mine. Okay, hallelujah. I was going to buy one. Good, very good. I want to go slow through it. But actually, I'm reading, you know how it is, if you like reading, I think you're the same way. I've got like five books going right now. You're like, okay. <laughs> I'm getting a little bogged down over here. i got to go over here, and so... But uh, excellent, excellent treatise on on the marriage. Let's talk about intercession, and then and then as as I list these things, these are the things that I want us to pray about this evening. I, I read a, a chapter by Finney today. It was on the prayer meeting about how to conduct a prayer meeting. It wasn't so much on prayer, but how to conduct a prayer meeting. It was very practical about you know how people can kill prayer meetings, but. Uh, he talked about the spirit of prayer. You know, you don't hear a lot of people talk about the spirit of prayer anymore. You know, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of prayer. If there's a spirit of prayer in the church, that's a sign the Holy Spirit is there. When people don't want to pray and there's, there's a, an absence and a dearth of prayer, uh, there, a, a, a famine of prayer, that's a sign the Holy Spirit has been grieved. We want to pray. We want to feel those times of, of calling into prayer where we wait. You know, we don't have altars here in our other place. We're going to have some benches or some place to pray. Because you know what? We haven't done in a while because of the setting. What, kneeling down before God is an important thing to kneel before God in prayer. And I'm going to commit to kneeling. You know, I'm not saying that posture is, the, is you know, some kind of magic thing. But we need to do what they did in the Bible. Jesus often fell down. They'd lie down sometimes. But we need to, we need to uh, humble ourselves before God and pray. So let me let's talk about the intercessor and how it's it's the greatest need in the church probably or one of the greatest needs is to have intercessors. Remember what Paul said in one one Timothy two one, he said he he talked about how that first of all let there be I, I would that you that there be what. Supplications and prayers here it is, right there. <clears throat> verse one, go to verse one. Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications. that really is talking about petitions. And then it says, then prayers, and that's really talking about who it's directed to. Prayers are directed to God. We don't pray to angels or anything like that, but we pray to God, the Father in the name of Jesus. And then notice this word: intercessions. And giving of thanks before all men. And and he talks about those who we need to be praying for, kings, all those in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. But that term, intercessions. See, intercession is the greatest form of prayer because it's the most unselfish prayer. Many years ago, uh, there was a pastor in in the city of Dallas. His name was W.A. Criswell. Pastored First Baptist Church for 50 years. And there was a Christian church across the street. And it came up for sale or one of their buildings. And he, he wanted to purchase it. Because, and he told one of his deacons, he said, he said, I'm afraid that somebody's going to buy that, tear it down, and build a 50-story building there. And, and the deacon said to him, well, we can't afford it. He said, Pastor, why don't you pray? Maybe God can afford it. And so that's what Brother Criscoll did. Brother Criswell got on his knees, and he began to pray. He began to intercede. He began to talk to the Lord. You know, sometimes we talk about problems instead of bringing them before the Lord. And and, and bringing our problems. See, a great way to solve problems is to bring them before God. And so Brother Criswell began to pray, and he began to seek God. I don't know how long he sought the Lord, but he sought the Lord. And I've been in his office, actually at Criswell College. You can go to Criswell College, and it has the exact replica of his office that was in his house at swiss avenue you can go in there they'd taken every book everything was just like when he died he had a a library at home like a like a library brother you can go in there you can walk in crystal college and there it is but he prayed and one day after however long he interceded before the lord he got a call and the secretary said brother crystal ladies on the phone and the lady he got on the phone the dear lady said brother I've." Heard that you're on your knees praying. He said, yes, ma'am, I've been praying. She said, well, Pastor, what have you been praying about? He said, I've been praying about the building across the street. He said, well, how much is it, Pastor? She said, he said, it's two hundred twenty. This is 1949, I think. It's $250,000. She said, Pastor, go buy the building. I'll take care of it. Go buy the building. She called back sometime later, she said, Pastor, I didn't ask you, what do you want the building for? She said. He said, I want to tear it down, I want to build a parking garage for the church, and I want to build an activity center. Pastor, how much is that going to be? The architect said it's going to be $1.5 million. She said, Pastor, go, the, go build the building, I'll take care of it. And really, he didn't say anything to anyone. It just all started happening. There wasn't like a plan, there wasn't like a... Of church meeting, it just started happening. It started going up, started building. Nobody knew how it happened. They just watched God work. How I many you know our God is a God who hears intercession? He answers prayer. Another story that happened here in Dallas, actually down on Worth Street, down by Baylor Hospital, this happened. There was a gentleman, a Christian man, who had a dream one night. And in the dream, it it was an awful dream, an awful, awful, awful dream. It was such an awful dream that he, it shook him so much that he had to get out of bed and to get on his knees next to his bed, and he had to pray. He said, what was the dream? He dreamed in his dream that he was driving a car, and he was driving a car. He struck a little child. And it was just so overwhelming to him in the dream that literally he, he got out of bed, and he, he began to kneel down next to his bed. He began to weep. He said, oh, God, please, please never let that happen. Never let that happen. It was so real to him. It was so vivid to him. It was so awful to him that he just said, oh, God, please, he said, interceded. He prayed, and he interceded before God, and he brought this horrible dream before the Lord, which later he found out was from God. And, he, and finally the burden lifted, the awful feeling lifted. He got rest back in his spirit. He got peace back in his spirit. He lay down in bed, and he went to sleep. The next day, he's down on Worth Street in Dallas. Him and some gentlemen are driving, and all of a sudden, as he's driving, he has this overwhelming sense that he needs to stop. And as he had that feeling that just swept over him, he slammed on his brakes. And as he, as the car came to a screeching halt and all these gentlemen felt you know like like we're in the front seat on the dashboard a toddler ran out between two parked cars in a diaper ran out in the middle of the street with a mother with a mother ch- chasing behind the little child he would have killed the child he pulled over there and the mother didn't even the mother just grabbed the child went back you know mad at the child and the man pulled over and, just began, and told the gentleman in the car what the dream that he had had. And they all began to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why? That you hear intercession. Lord, that you hear prayer. Hallelujah. Our God is a God who hears. And he's a God who answers prayer. So what should we be interceding for? Here's some things I want you to see. And I'll just I'm going to reference these here. Several places of intercession in the scripture. I don't have time to read them, of course. First, we find Moses in Genesis, or Exodus chapter 32. Moses is up on the mountain. Now, Moses is a great type of Christ in, in many ways. But Moses is type of Christ. Moses is interceding. Or Moses is actually up on the mountain. And they get, they, they're out of Egypt, but the people of God they get a little impatient like most people do. But they did something. They said to Aaron, we, we don't know where this Moses is. We don't know what's happened to him. He's been up there. I mean, he stays up there 40 days, later 80 days. But he said, won't you make us, make us a calf? We don't know what's happened to him. Took the earrings. You know the story. You're very familiar with it, Exodus 32. Aaron took the earrings, took the gold, made the golden calf. They begin to worship to it. They begin to pray to it. They begin to rise up and play, they said. They, they, they were quickly went astray. And, and so the Lord is very upset. The Lord's upset with the people. The Lord said, Moses, get down quickly. I'm, I'm going to destroy these people. How I many know oh God is a holy God? A lot of people in our modern day, God is not the real God in most pulpits because. They've changed the Bible. God is who he says he is in 2019, like he was in, you know, 4,000, 6,000 years ago. But what happened is, there are stiff-necked people. There are stiff-necked people. I'm going to destroy them. And you read that chapter, and it says in Exodus 32 that he began to intercede. Lord, these are your people. Lord, you brought them out of Egypt. Lord, what's Egypt going to say? That you brought, they're gonna say, you know, the, he was concerned with God's reputation. You brought them out. They're gonna say, you brought them out here to just destroy them and kill them. And as, as Moses interceded, it said, God relented. It said, God, it's a type of Christ intercession for us. Without the, the inter, intercessory mediatorial work of Jesus Christ, we would perish. There's one mediator, there's one place of mercy, there's one mercy seat, and his name is Jesus Christ, it's his cross. But Moses interceded, and God spared the people. And I I thought about this. How many people this year will perish if we don't pray for them? How many young people that have a praying mom, praying dad... How many parents? They have kids that are away from God, raised in church. Now in some bar somewhere. Now in some immoral relationship somewhere. And the only thing the devil would have already destroyed them. Sin would have already destroyed them. But they're praying for them. I heard of a I heard of a story one time of a, a guy who like totaled like ten cars, and every time he'd walk away, with like almost not a scratch. Like, just like just it was it was like unnatural. You know, I mean, somebody could have a wreck, but this guy just living on the edge. But what he didn't he had a praying grandmother that prayed for him. And, and I'm sure the angels of God were dispatched from the Father hearing those prayers. So I wonder how many people are 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 hanging between heaven and hell right now, hanging between earth and hell. And we're praying for them. Just like Moses, we need to intercede for the for the lost. And then, then there's a story of intercession of Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 7. And what's happening is the people of Israel have been sinning and, and the Lord calls his people back. It seems like Israel's always sinning. <laughs> There's a bunch of sinning folks. But what happened is that that they, they begin to get right with God and they begin to make an advancement. I'm going to tell you this. Anytime you get right with God and begin to make an advancement, I'm telling you, you say, well, man, I didn't have any trouble till I, till I became a Christian. Right. right. I didn't have any trouble till I recommitted my life to Christ. Right. I didn't have any trouble till I began to fast and began to pray. And all of a sudden, all, all the powers of hell seemed like they've been loosed on me. Right. It's in, in 1 Samuel chapter 7. It, it indicates Israel began to get right with God. Israel began to make an advancement. Here's what it says. 1 Samuel chapter 7, it says, The Philistines heard about it, and they rose up against Israel, and Israel became afraid. What did they do? They went to Samuel, and they said, Samuel, intercede for us. Intercede for us. Samuel, he slayed the lamb. He he offered the sacrifice. How many know victory is only in the blood of Jesus? Victory is only in what Jesus Christ has done. Only in his cross. Hallelujah. And the scripture says that as he did that, he began to intercede and, and, and the Lord began to intervene supernaturally. How I many you know if we'll intercede, God will show up. If you need a miracle, he'll give you a miracle. He'll show up and do And all of a sudden, miracles begin to happen and, and, and nature even gets involved. God's the creator God. And, and, and the Philistines were completely defeated before The people of Israel. God gave them victory. Why? The intercessor. Samuel was the intercessor. They said, don't don't stop praying for us. Let's don't stop praying because I thought about this. How How many outside enemies do we have? The world about us. Here we are, the light of the world. Here we are, the people of God, the salt of the earth. Here we are trying to live for God in the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. And the only way we're going to maintain victory over the world is through prayer intercessors and then i thought about this today daniel i thought about daniel in the ninth chapter of daniel we see daniel doing what interceding for who again israel israel in captivity judah in captivity why are they in captivity they sinned against god they rejected the voice of the prophets jeremiah the weeping prophet Read Jeremiah again. Jeremiah poured out his heart, poured out his soul, calling the people back to God, calling people back to obedience to the law. And they would not obey God. And God warned them, sin has consequences. You're going to go into captivity if you don't repent, if you don't get right, if you don't obey me. And the Bible indicates the reason they went into captivity is because they they disobeyed God. They sinned against holy God who had redeemed them. And they went in captivity. And they're in captivity in Daniel, in Daniel chapter 9, chapter three, verse 3 through 23. It, it talks there about, it's, it's really about Daniel's beautiful intercession. He even includes himself, our sin. He includes himself with the people. How many know Jesus included himself with us? He took our sin. He became holy Jesus without sin. Yet, he became a sin offering for us. And like Daniel, he intercedes. And I thought about this. How many Christians who are truly saved, but yet are in captivity to some sin, to some bondage. And but yet through intercession, we can see them set free by the power of God. There are Christians that are bound up, but yet we need intercessors to see God's people come out of of captivity. And God will do it. We see now in New Testament, we see a, a man named Epaphras, must have been a great intercessor. And he interceded for those at Colossae. Here's what it says, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So here's what we see. Here we see a man, a Christian man, a minister, an associate of Paul, a minister at the church at Colossae who was with Paul, probably visiting him in prison. He said, he's one of you. And what is he doing? He's praying for the church. We need to pray for one another. What's he praying? He's praying that the Christians would walk in all the will of God. They would live in full obedience and full surrender to God. It was John Wesley who said, give me a hundred men who fear nothing but God and hate nothing but sin. And he said, I Will change the world. You hear that? Now I may not get that quote perfectly right. But it's close enough that it's got the meaning. John Wesley. The great founder of the Methodist Church. It changed England. It kept England from just plunging into complete spiritual darkness. John Wesley. Charles Wesley. Uh, the the Calvinist brother. I can't think of his name. He was a friend of of Benjamin Franklin. Said. Uh, what was his name? Said he, Benjamin Franklin walked a mile. Said he could still hear this gentleman preaching. At an at a unnaturally strong voice preached here in America, in the colonies. There they, they was a great move of God. He said, but Wesley said, if I, if I had a 100 men who hated sin and feared God, he said I would change the world. And, and my question to you is, what would happen? Just, just dream a second. What would happen if every person in this church... Made a full, complete commitment to Jesus Christ of our time, our talents, our treasures, our lives, our schedules. Surrendering to his cross. Taking up his cross. This church would be a dynamo. It would be a flame of fire that would attract people and would see lives changed. And that's what Epaphras was interceding for. God, let your people surrender completely. To your purpose and to, and to your way. He called, here it says stand perfect. Stand it doesn't mean perfection in the sense you're thinking. But it means mature. It's the word mature. Mature and complete in all the will of God. See the most important thing in your life is the will of God. That's the number one thing. He that doeth the will of God. What shall abide for ever. The will of God. We need to pray because when, when we stand before God, it's not going to be how many people in the church, how much money in the church, what kind of building you had, all this and that, whatever. It, it's going to be, did you do my will? Did you obey my will? That's the number one thing in our lives. And that's what Epaphras was praying for. And then we have another intercessor, Paul. Paul was interceding for the church at Ephesus. He said, what did he, what did he pray? There's a couple prayers here. I won't read all of them, but I'll just reference them. Ephesians 1, 16 through 20. Ephesians 3, 16 through 21. There's, there's prayers. We find Paul praying. What is he praying for? Uh, I, I would capsulize it by saying he's praying that the people of God would experience a deeper work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Isn't it a shame that most Christians, they start out with a bang and a fire and a, and, and, and a, and a shout and... And they start out a thousand miles an hour, we're going to serve Jesus, I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to win souls, and I'm going to be holy, and I'm going to be faithful to church. And then they peter out along the way. Isn't it a shame? Shouldn't the Christian life be greater and not lesser 10 years down the road? Come on, amen, say amen. Shouldn't, shouldn't 20, 30 years down the road, there be such a rich, deep fellowship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that literally, like, like Proverbs says, the path of the righteous, it's like a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter, brighter and brighter into the full gleam of the sun. That's how it should be. And Paul is praying here. He talks about, I, I pray that you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He said in chapter 1 verse 19 that, 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 that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power that we can experience the power of God. One guy said, some churches have so little power and presence of God, if the Holy Spirit completely left, no one would even know. They just keep having their services. I want to be so dependent on the Holy Spirit of God that if he doesn't show up, we just, we just say, okay, that, 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 that was a failure. Why? Because the Spirit of God, if he doesn't do it, it's not God's work. We want to experience God's supernatural presence. Chapter 3, he, Paul says this. He said here, That God may grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Then he goes down here in verse 20. We know this. Unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. How? According to the spirit that works in us. I I pray. I'm praying. I'm longing for outpourings of the Holy Spirit. For the spirit of God. We become so hungry. So thirsty. So, inter- so full of prayer and the spirit of prayer and intercession, it ushers in that river that Brother Scott saw. It usher- Where's the river coming from? The, the vision that he saw, the dream that Brother Scott saw off this land. Where do you think that river's going to come from? Bricks? Chairs? Mortar? No, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's when we get full of the Holy Spirit, and it, and it overflows in prayer and preaching and prophecy. It overflows in the work of God. We have to be full of the Holy Spirit. It's God's plan, and we need to intercede every day. God, fill this church with your presence. Fill the preaching with your presence. Fill the prayers with your presence. Fill the worship. Let, Let the worship have the edge of life to it, where it ushers us in to heaven every time we come together. When somebody gets up to pray, life will be in it. There'll be the punch of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, what the old King James called the unction. You have an unction. We need an unction in all that we do. You don't get that unless you intercede. Have you been in the presence of God? Have you been in the presence of God? You can tell if someone's been in the presence of God. The anointing is undeniable. So beautiful. So unique. You can't copy it. You can't work it up. Either he's there or he's not. The Holy Spirit. Paul's interceding for the church. That you experience the Holy Spirit in such a way. That you know the width, the length, the height, the depth of God's love. That, that the power of God is flowing. Prayers are being answered. Because we've sought him. We've sought him. Then we have another intercessor, John. John prays for his friend, Gaius. That he might have total prosperity. Listen to this verse, 3 John John 2. It's this little, little letter. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. I just think that we should pray for the blessing of God in all areas of our lives. Do you know God wants to love on you and bless you? I had something crazy happen yesterday. I, 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 I guess it's all right to tell this. Can we tell our blessings? Sure. I was up here working yesterday. Was it yesterday we were working? It was. And this is just the goodness of the Lord. But I was up here working, and a gentleman doesn't go to this church. does doesn't, not a member of this church. He doesn't attend this church. He's just a, just a businessman. And he, he, he said, could I come and speak with you? And I said, sure. And he came, he said, uh, so I, I was over here. I came inside and I got, a, uh, got him a cup of coffee. I thought he wanted to pray or something. I didn't know what he wanted. And so we got over here. There's a table over here. And, and so we sat down and I was, I was just, I sat down and he just looked at me and said, uh, can we go somewhere? And I said, sure. He said, would you go with, would you ride with me? I said, sure. So I got in his car and we drove off. And I know the guys thought, where in the world Where'd, where'd he go? I didn't even know where I was going. I mean, seriously. I didn't know. I, and then we're driving on the road. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what are we doing? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, mean, I mean, I'm trusting this, but it's not like kidnapping me or anything. He's a good brother in the Lord. He is a good brother in the Lord. In fact, he's a, he's a businessman. And him and I have walked this property speaking in tongues. He's a prayer partner. And uh, so we drive to the mall. Well, I hate the mall. So number one, I'm not, I'm not into this, you know. I'm not, to me, I mean, I think that's why God created Amazon, so you can stay home and do this stuff, right? <laughs> so uh, so we, we walk in the mall, and I look horrible. I've got muddy boots on. I've got my, my hat on. I look horrible. I hadn't shaved. I just, all these fancy, fancy people in there, and here comes that guy. You know, I'm the homeless guy looking. And so walk in there, and he said, uh, the, the brother said, do you want a suit or a sport coat? Do you like a suit or a sport coat? I said, what? He said, no, I'm, I'm going to get you a suit or a sport coat. What do you like? So I thought, I'm like, are you kidding me? He said, you like this one here? He said, okay, let's get this. He said, you need some pants with this. Get some pants. So I got some pants. He said, you need a belt with that. Get a belt. You need a tie with this. You need a shirt with this. Remember before it was over? I bet he spent $700. No, I'm not kidding you. I bet it was at least $700 you spent. I mean, you been to Dillard's lately? They don't give stuff away up there. I'm a K&G guy. I mean, I mean for 99 bucks, I can get everything. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I don't go to Dillard's. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul. Total prosperity. God wants to bless you. I mean, I started, I thought, I thought, I said, brother, I started, Mike, you're right, man. I got the blessing of the Lord. I, I'm, I'm hoping this is just the earnest of our inheritance. Come on. I, I, listen, I don't think we have to be poor and, and, you know, poor and homeless. God wants to bless us. He wants to bless. Let me tell you, blessing is coming Amen. to you. Blessing is coming to this fellowship. Listen, if God has to drop, God has to say, send the ravens to meet our needs. He'll do that. He's a total blessing in all areas, spiritually, physically, and financially. We'll have what we need if we'll pray and we'll intercede. And then this last one, and I just want to minister to you on this. We see Jesus, our great intercessor, of course, in heaven, but he interceded. He said to Apostle Peter, he said these words. This is Luke twenty two thirty two. 32. But I have prayed for you. That your faith would not fail, should not fail. But he knew it was going to fail because he's Jesus. And he says, and when you have returned to me. So he knew it was going to fail. When you have returned to me, strengthen the brethren. In other words, use your failure as a testimony. Use it. Use even your failure. When you return to me, strengthen your brethren. Use it as a way. To, to, to help others that are about to fall. What I, what I want to tell you is this. We don't have to fall. Our faith does not have to fail. We need to intercede one another. I, I was with, uh, for one another. I was on the phone with someone today. And they were just saying to me. I just, I don't know if I can do this. I'm tired. I don't know if I can do this. I just feel like everything's coming in on me. I just heard the pain there, you know. I just, I feel like I'm, they were saying to me, I feel like I'm bearing everyone's load in my home. I feel like I'm carrying it all. I'm the one that's doing, I just feel, I feel overwhelmed. You know, that that word overwhelmed is a Bible word. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And I, I was doing, in a sense, what Jesus did here. Don't give up. Your faith doesn't have to fail. We may be against a storm. There may be mountains. There may be difficulties. But you know what? We can keep our faith because God's going to come through. The mountain is going to move. The miracle is going to come. Why? We need to pray that our faith doesn't fail. We need to pray that people won't become weak in faith and check out on God and be unfaithful. Because if you won't give up, God's surely not going to give up. So think about this as we... These are things that I want us to be praying about this year. Number one, like Moses, pray for the lost that are about to be destroyed. Intercede for them. I've got some lost family members in other states that I need to pray for them. They're crazy folks. I mean, you all, everybody's got some crazy limbs on your tree, right? You know what I'm talking about. We've got those folks that just, I've got several, <laughs> more than our share, I think. We need to intercede for the church. Facing the world system like the Israel facing the Philistines. It will be strong when those outside attack comes. We need to pray for believers that are in bondage. You know, believers can get in bondage to things. Get wrapped up in things. And, and Jesus wants to set them free. Whom the sun sets free. Hallelujah. Is free indeed. We need to be praying that there be full surrender. That our goal is to be in every service of the year. See, Christians are just, it's like a, a spirit of compromise that's come in. Listen, we ought to be in every Sunday. you you're telling me we can't give God one day out of seven? Something's wrong there. Because truthfully, every day's His. We need to make a commitment with our time, our, ta- our treasures, our talents, our abilities, that God is number one in our lives, complete in the will of God. We need to pray for a deeper fellowship in the Holy Spirit. We need to pray for total prosperity for one another. We need to pray that our faith doesn't fail. In the battle. What do we need? We need intercessors in the church. Constantly praying for these things. Why don't we pray for these things right now? Would you stand? Let's pray over these right now. Father, we pray for the lost right now. We pray for that person that is facing destruction. I pray for my family members. I pray for these family members, Lord, that they are thinking of. Lord, that those that the enemy wants to to drag them into hell... In the burning hell forever. Be lost forever. Lord we pray for the lost. We pray God that you would, you would cause the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That this year that we'll see many people saved from eternal hell. We'll see many many souls come to a saving surrendering relationship with Jesus Christ. Father we pray like the, like the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross. He said remember me. And he said, this day you're going to be with me in paradise. Lord, it's not hard to be saved. Because you said, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord can be saved. We pray that men would call upon you, would repent of their sins, and they would be saved. God, give us a harvest this year. Give us a harvest. We long for the day when in every single service, people will be coming to Jesus. People be running to the altar saying, I need the Lord. Let let a spirit of conviction begin to sweep over our entire city. And Lord, let the churches begin to fill up. We pray for harvest, Lord. And Lord, we pray for this church and other churches facing persecution in the world, facing a secular world, facing a compromising world, facing a sinful world. And we want to be salt. We want to be light. We want to be uncompromising. We don't, we're not ashamed of your gospel. So, Lord, we pray. We, like Samuel, we pray for the church. We pray that the church will be strong in our witness. A strong, loving witness that we would live for you. That we would be a light to a darkened world. Let this church be a city set on a hill. Let this church be a church of the fountains of living water. Let water, let revival come to this church, Lord. Let there be a thirst and a hunger and a boldness in prayer. And Lord, we pray for believers facing bondage, facing habits, facing addictions. Believers, they they are saved, but yet there's bondages. Just like Israel in captivity. Lord, we pray that you would set us free. Just like Israel in the Egyptian bondage. Those were God's people in Egyptian bondage. Lord, we pray you'd part the waters. Set the captives free by your mighty power. Lord, you're able to break bondages. Oh, you went about healing all that were oppressed to the devil. You, you're the one who sets captives free. Lord, this year we pray that captives would be set free. Father, we pray that in these services, addictions would be broken off. Lord, that even demon spirits would be cast out. Because we have authority in the name of Jesus over all the powers of the enemy. Power and authority in the name of Jesus. We pray demons would be driven out. Darkness would flee at that mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for full surrender. People that have been vacillating. Lord, your people that that just hit and miss and there's a lukewarm spirit. We pray that you'd put a new fire and a new surrender and a new commitment. And Lord, they would surrender to your purpose, your plan, and your will. And they would have Paul's feeling that I want to know Jesus and the power of the resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformable unto his death, if by some means I may attain the resurrection. Oh, Father, we pray for full surrender. And for all of us, Lord, just lift your hands. We pray for a deeper fellowship in the Holy Spirit. We pray for the gifts of the Spirit to flow like a river. We pray for miracles. We pray for gifts of faith. We pray for tongues. We pray for interpretation. We pray, God, for prophecy. Lord, we pray, oh God, that you would let the gifts of the Spirit flow. Let Trinity Life Church be a church that is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Like like our brother Don Sunday was sensitive and said, Pastor, I have a word. I have a word. I have something God wants me to say. And Lord, it encouraged our hearts. Lord, let there be a, a new sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Oh, have your way, Lord. Have your way. Begin to give revelation, Lord, to your people of things to pray for and and leading Holy Spirit dwell in this place. Let this be like the house at Bethany where Jesus wanted to dwell. Holy Spirit, we want you to dwell in this place. Father, pour out your divine presence like you did on the day of Pentecost. Pour out that fire of the Holy Spirit. Pour out the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Empower us, O God. We need the Holy Spirit like we never needed Him before. In everything we do, Lord, we need your presence. We need your power, Lord. And Lord, we pray for total prosperity in your people. I pray that blessing would come in our souls, that our souls would prosper. Lord, that our health would prosper, that you'd begin to pour out healing. Lord, that healing would flow, that miracles would transpire in these services. Lord, as we're preaching the gospel, healing would come. Faith would come for healing. Lord, as we lay hands on the sick, let the sick be healed. Lord, as we're worshiping, the anointing will fall and people will begin to experience your healing presence. And Lord, we pray that, that, that our finances will prosper and that we'll have everything we need, that you would prosper, that you'd be in hell even as your soul prosper. Let prosperity come. Let blessing come, Lord. Just. Like yesterday, surprising, but things we weren't even anticipating. Blessing, Lord. Hallelujah. Let blessing flow. In Jesus' name. And now we pray for, that our faith would not fail. That we pray that, our, that people will not give up in the battle, but they'll keep fighting. Fight, the fight with the shield of faith. Father, right now, we ask God for this body that we not give up. In the battle. That we not throw in the towel. That you give us a renewed determination. To to like Joshua. Every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon. I've given to you. Lord that there would be a a determination. Like they said give me this mountain. Lord that like Jacob who said. I I will not let you go unless you bless me. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Like the little lady Who said, yes, but even the dogs get the little crumbs. Even the little dogs get the crumbs. And Jesus said, great is your faith, lady. You you receive. Receive. Oh, God, give us undaunted faith. Give us unwavering faith. Like Abraham, who was strong in faith, giving glory to God. We praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. Now just bless him. Just worship him. Come on, let your voice be the instrument. We worship you. We bless you. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We worship your name. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for hearing our intercession for your people. Oh, thank you, Lord. God, give us more intercessors. Pour out the spirit of prayer. Pour out, oh God, the spirit of prayer in this church. Let people long to pray. Let prayers be fervent and in the Holy Spirit because you said in Romans that you would inspire our prayers. We don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit will intercede with groanings which cannot be uttered. Praise your mighty name. Praise your glorious name. Oh, we thank you.